Hello and welcome to the 20th episode of the fourth season of the Plebs on Footy podcast. I'm your host, Rory O'Kane, and as always, I'm joined by Scott Fotheringham. Hello, Banjo. I am uh, hearing great things about the draft, aren't you? It's just, it's a great draft this year. Pick two, Banjo. How good is that looking? Are you Pick a bit, three. Possibly, but are you still a bit jealous of our pick? Have you just blown, you've stuffed it. You've absolutely stuffed it. You're now just going to sort of finish mid-table, get an okay sort of pick. Not nah, make we're we're going to come home with a bullet and get the fifth pick. Watch, just watch. Oh, is that is that what you want to happen? Full on tank. Yeah, we got I West Coast and we got West Coast and Geelong away the next two games, and then I reckon we'll do a classic tankathon against you in round twenty three. Oh yeah, we might be playing off for a good pick in our round twenty three. Oh, that'd be oh, awesome God. if we lost that to you and got you like the fourth pick, and then that's the fifth pick. That'd be hilarious because my <laughs> season would still have been so much more enjoyable than yours <laughs> for one big difference. Remember when the fixture dropped us having discussions about how significant the round twenty three game is going to be i'll be like oh melbourne will be playing for the four north might be going for the eight it could be a huge game that one and it's it, it's, it's gonna, gonna be a stinker. complete misery it's gonna I, be a I don't stinker. know if, i don't know if i'll watch it to be honest i'm struggling a bit to get myself up and about every week we weren't too bad <laughs> oh this you week. weren't excited for the game in alice springs this week were you not particularly i sat down and kind of watched it and i kind mean, of watched it yeah Jeez, no you're I, not even getting upset anymore no, you are a broken no, man i fully watched it but like yeah the emotions weren't too high even when we lost it was just like oh well, there you go. Good thing it's a good draft. Uh, I did watch your game though, Banjo. You know, Are you it's, proud it's, of me? It's, uh, it's talked about it's a bad draft. Nah, good draft. I hear. <laughs> I hear it's a good draft. I've said it many times. You've said it many times. That, that's all that matters. But are you proud of me that I watched North Melbourne this week? Uh, yeah. How long has it been since that happened? Uh, Three years? No, no. About five or six weeks, I'd say, since you started being better. So the first I wasn't going to say good, better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd stop then, but uh, yeah, I did watch your game, so we might actually have a bit of a discussion about that this time, but probably not. I'll, actually, no, no, we will have a bit of a yeah, discussion about it. a massive... Massive amount of storylines coming out of it. Yeah, and I'll be able to rip into you a little bit because yeah, uh, um, back-to-back heartbreak for you. Yeah, we've been a bit stiff the last couple of weeks, but uh, who cares? Can I, uh, ask, can I also oh, yeah. quickly ask when the Josh Kelly party's happening? Yeah, it's uh, in discussions, in discussions. Negotiations okay, are going okay. on. Okay, um, I'm trying to su- uh, find a paint supplier and, uh, yeah, <laughs> clean the oven so I can bake a cake. That's that's what's going oh, on. I'm excited. There, there, it's we'll, going to happen. It better happen by the end of the season. It will right. happen by the end of the season. Okay. Okay. It will. I want it as soon as possible. But anyway. And then in two seasons, Josh Kelly will come to North and you'll throw me a Josh Kelly party. It'll be great. No, that's not happening. I didn't agree to that. There's only one party happening and it's mine. And it's going to be orange. I'll throw a second Josh Kelly party. 22's all over the place. But Banjo, we should get into the podcast. We should. We should. Get into uh, everyone's favorite segment, Gold Jacket, Green Jacket. The uh, title derives from the line in Happy Gilmore. Gold Jacket, Green Jacket, who gives a shit. And we give 3-2-1 votes for the most meaningless games of the round. One vote this week. Again, Banjo, we're getting a lot of one-voters at the moment, but one vote we're going West Coast defeated Melbourne by 13 points. Do you love how you're just not quite relevant enough to be the most relevant team? You're like you're just middling at being irrelevant too. You just can't win at anything. You can't even get the most irrelevancy points. No, Banjo, I'm happy to not get that many irrelevancy points. It's a pretty prestigious award. still being in there so I don't have to talk about us too much. That's kind of, I reckon it's the sweet spot. I'm quite happy with getting lots of ones. But no, this was not, no the, bias at this all, was though, not right? our worst performance. It was pretty typical Melbourne. We uh, played okay. We were all right in the contest for a lot of the game. We were probably on top in a lot of ways, but we just blew all of our chances as always, particularly early. We had about th- we had two sitters from uh, Jordan Lewis, two sitters from old mate Harrison Petty, and uh, both of them like yeah, blew them. And it was it was like early on in the we were down by 
think 20 odd points or something at quarter time and like it probably should have been even at that point and then it's it's a different sort of a ball game but look west coast are so clean and so clinical and they managed to finish them off and uh they're looking pretty good the old the old eagles yeah so you still this doesn't make you question the eagles their last two weeks losing to a pretty ordinary collingwood side from the looks of things and then nearly blowing it to you no, I think Collingwood played well last week, and I don't think we were terrible this week. And keep in mind, it is in ours. Like, weird stuff happens yeah, that's there. True. They're strange games. And we're actually, we, we finally got to that point we played there enough that we do seem to have a fair advantage there. I think we do play better there than else. Well, not not that we play better. Other teams, it affects them more. We're yeah, starting yeah. to get used to it a little bit. Um, so that was all right. Um like I, I, I don't. I, I thought it was quite good from West Coast to get the win. I guess, um, and yeah, we played okay. Look, our form in the back half of the year. I mean, if you depends what you view, what viewpoint you're seeing it from. I mean, if you look at what we were hoping at the start of the year, it's still absolutely dreadful and embarrassing. But if you look at it by where we were sitting halfway through the year, we've been in pretty much every game yeah, for quite a while. One two out of your last five. It's been a while since we got flogged or embarrassed. We're just kind of in them, and our skills are just terrible at the moment. I just Well, not even at the... We're a poorly skilled team, and that's just becoming is so that obvious. fixable at all? Or is this going to be a problem that holds you back? Well, I don't know. Our skills aren't any worse than they were last year. Um are they like they couldn't be i mean they seem to be worse <laughs> but like I, I there's no reason in terms of personnel why that would be the case so yeah I, I think it is a problem that we need to address we need to get some better skilled players into the team but i don't think yeah i don't think you can say that it's it's going to be a disaster forever because we we managed to find a way around it That's last true. year a lot of it's about getting the players in the right roles having like a melksham forward makes a big difference to us yeah. fritch has been good for him delivering it inside 50 salem off half back by how much is how by how much is salem your best uh, kick in the team like, well, I mean, our second best kick would be Jordan Lewis, and he's not going to be there next year. And then it's probably <laughs> Fritch who's real hit and miss. Like, either he hits an amazing kick or he completely shanks it. But, yeah, by quite a long way. Yeah, That's really depressing. Yeah. Well, anyway, let's have enough of that. Let's move on. Yeah, I agree. It's happy to move on from that. Two votes we are giving my other favorite team. Fremantle defeated Sydney by one point. Bit of a strange one to be in there. It was a, it was a close game. But realistically... 52 to 51. Yeah. Can you t- imagine a better Ross Lyon? Yeah. He's game. really just uh, strangled it more and more as the season's gone on, hasn't he? Well, to he? be fair, his entire forward line got injured, so I kind of get why you'd go that way. Yeah. He didn't really have a massive amount of choice. Yeah. I, I watched the uh, the back end of this game. It is one of those games where the whole way through would have been horrible to watch. Really good watching the last 15 minutes. Just super intense. So hard at it. I really do enjoy watching those sorts of games. And it was a, a close finish. Uh, Sydney would be pretty sort of pissed off with the way it ended. It was uh, Luke Parker on the ground throwing it on the boot, looking like he's surely he's going to at least get a point here. Sort of stopped about a metre out. Fremantle transitioned and managed to get the point to, to win the game. Uh, so it was a result which, yeah, Frio made it as close as possible. And then it really just could have gone either way. Frio won it. They're not looking very good at the moment. Sydney aren't great either. Eh. Yeah, let's move on. Bit of an air game. Three votes, Banjo. Ah, this was this was quite possibly the most irrelevancy votes I think I've ever awarded. It was it was definitely right up there. It was uh, Carlton defeated Gold Coast by twenty four points. So we very gladly say to those teams. 
Gold jacket, green jacket, who gives a shit? Yeah, the only way this game could have been more irrelevant is if the 17th, the second worst team in the competition was playing. Um, that would just really nail in this graph. And this was last versus third last, which no, well, is um, when it was comparatively a really high, uh, really high-powered game. When it was played, Banjo, it was last versus second last. That's They've not, jumped us now, I accept that. That's not how the ladder reads. And I can't even call them chumps because they don't even have their draft pick this year, so I can't even bring that out. That is still hilarious. Although, <laughs> at least the Adelaide pick's not looking that great. Yeah, I mean, it's that's starting to look a bit more injured. They're playing each other this week, Carl Ooh, Adelaide. That'll the, actually... Uh, I don't know. What uh, you're going to name that, like yeah. the Bryce Gibbs Cup, except... Not. <laughs> it, could, it could be. Uh, it could be quite interesting if Carlton won that. The sort of response there would be. Uh, but look, how just how classic is this in gold jacket, green jacket? It was kind of an off-Broadway game between two irrelevant teams, decided by a very like boring margin, uh, predictable result. I don't. E- I don't know anything that happened in this game, and I don't care. There, and I don't think anyone else. There does. weren't really any standout performances either. No, like, like creeps didn't do anything. And that's the only play you'd look at and go, oh, he could make this. Uh, Kennedy kicked four. That's probably the only real interesting thing you'd get out of. Yeah, it. so he might get a. He might stay on the list next year. Good yeah. for him. A good forward, apparently. It, it seems. But anyway, Banjo, that was that was a very uh, who cares? Very quick, good gold jacket, green jacket. I reckon. Anyway, let's get to a segment that won't bore everybody to death like that board. Hey, 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 hey. Uh, we go into Kane Corn's call of the week, where we look at a call made in the media that we think's a little ridiculous, and then make one of our own just to keep ourselves humble. So this week, Matt Thompson. I don't think he's entered the uh, entered the competition this year, but he's um well, he's in, delivered a strong performance this week. In previous years, he's just been the bloke who sits there and gets bitched by Kane Corns on the round so far. He was, he's actually he was quite an easy target for the last few years because there'd be like the footy feed or something like that, one of those little short clips on AFL that if you were desperate, you could look at and see if he said Nah, but he never it. gives opinions on those That's things. True. He would just name the headline. That's pretty much all he did. He's, he's a terrible but he's, uh, like, well, he, How did he get picked up by Channel 7? Why is I think anyone they, giving I think him a job? I mistook him for Craig Hutchison because that's how I explained <laughs> his entire career. <laughs> Can right, you believe of the two media people that look like Craig Hutchison, Hutchie's not the worst of them. <laughs> <laughs> Matt Thompson's awful, mate. He's just, uh, but uh, anyway, he's gone real ben, uh, Tom Brown areas here, sorry. <laughs> yeah, he has. He really has. Uh, and he's talking about Jaden Stevenson who got uh, snapped uh, going to a pool in Queensland given he was given some time off. And he goes, if you're suspended for betting on your own team, you should be training, not taking a holiday in the sun while your teammates are being beaten without you. Don't you reckon? Do you reckon no, I don't he, reckon, Matt. Do I don't you, reckon. Do you reckon he took this photo? you reckon he snuck <laughs> over there and took the snap? That would be a Matt Thompson thing the, to do. He's the Herald's, uh, not the Herald's, on the Channel 7 uh, footy reporter. It could it could definitely be he's just trying to defend his story. I just hope he didn't take his top he off did not whilst receive. he was there at the, uh, the pool with uh, Stevenson. Wouldn't be a good look. <laughs> I just don't know how to respond to that. <laughs> Bit of slander, Banjo, is what it is. <laughs> he yeah, whatever. But yeah, but who gives a toss, Banjo? Yeah, he was given time off. He should take time off to actually go and take a break and figure out, like, relieve himself of the stress. He probably feels shit enough. And maybe they sent him away because him being there was reminding the group of what he'd done or something like that. Yeah, I think if he went over there for months on end and just drank frothies and didn't do anything, I'd be a little bit worried about that. But he definitely has every right to be hanging out on the Gold Coast, uh, doing what he wants to do for a little while. You know, He needs to get a bit of fresh air, old uh, Stevenson, and good on him. 
Yeah, I just, I have no problems with it. And it's just the grumpiest take in the world. Uh, Matt pissed Thompson. off by it. Yeah, oh, he's, just, yeah, he's just trying to get a bit of, spark a bit of interest. Old Matty Thompson. Yeah, but, it's uh, clickbait. But anyway, go on to yours. Yes, Banjo, my one. There's been a bit of uh, murmurings uh, going around. A bit of laughter, I would say. Mick Malthouse has come out today and he said that he would... What, what did he say? He, he'd he, was, uh, he was asked if he would ever coach again. And he said, probably. Yeah, he said I'd consider it yeah. or something like that. So there's been a bit of laughter. Who the hell would be interested in Mick Malthouse? But he was past it when he got the Carlton gig. He's ten years, five years later now. Banjo, I, I found I, I know something which would be an even worse decision than getting Mick Malthouse to coach Carlton again. Really? Mate, if Carlton get Michael Voss to be their coach, they'll be folded within five years, I reckon, Banjo. But he's not the worst coach. We've seen. We look, but we, he is pretty close. We had a good discussion about it before. He he's number three. He's definitely number three. I think it goes Mark Neal, daylight Justin Lepich, daylight Michael Voss. I don't think there's as much daylight between Lepich and Neal as you'd you'd think. Uh you look, mate. Remember how much I hated Lepich. You know that. But Mark Neal was atrocious. He lasted a year and a half. You're, suff- you're suffering from PTSD right now. <laughs> no, Neil was easily the worst coach I've ever seen, but Michael Voss was dreadful. He absolutely destroyed the Brisbane Lions for about 10 years, the way that Voss handled that. And he was like, him in the media was just, he just looked like a deer in headlights every time he spoke to them. And do you remember him on the old, uh, what was it, Channel... Was it Channel 10 he did his little video clip? I think it was 7. I think it was the early yeah. 7. And he just did his whole... Now, would you, would you roll the tape, please? As you can see here, they are trying to kick a goal. Now, Every would you roll one of the your tape, impressions please? uses the same voice. <laughs> oh, but that, that is all that he did, mate. He had no idea what he was talking about. Just every time I hear him speak about football, I think you are an idiot who have no idea what you're talking about. How the hell are people considering getting him to what have another chance? What do you think about uh, Koshy saying uh, he should do his job and not be thinking about future coaching roles? I think it was pretty bad from Koshy. That was right, awful from Koshy. He's trying to crack a joke, but it's like... That's not going to make Michael Voss feel very good at all. No, like. <laughs> and it's not going to make your football club feel very good. And they've been playing terribly recently. Yeah, Koshy definitely needs to pipe down a little bit. He's he become is. a little bit too extreme. Yeah, anytime he says something negative, it is just a terrible outcome for that football club. He just doesn't have any idea what he's saying. He, just, he just should just be positivity all the time because it's the only thing that will be just... He, he just he just talks too big a game, Koshy. That's that's his problem. He just talks everything up. Everything's just too big a deal. Yeah, some, he, the, the the person at the top's meant to be like, no, it's never as good as it looks, and it's never mm. as bad as it looks. He's trying to table things where he just makes everything the biggest deal in the world, and it just amplifies the pressure on everyone involved in the club. Yeah, he's acting like they're still as good as they were in 2014 or 15. I can't yeah. remember which year, and uh, as though they should be winning flags every single year, but they that haven't is, been yeah. outside for five years. Yeah, that, that's exactly what his <laughs> attitude is. He expects them to be the best team in the comp all the time. Just, no, you need to be a bit more realistic. Happen. But what's your cane corns, Banjo? Uh, mine's very personal this week. Oh, um, no, it's not. As, it? uh, as, as a lot of people might guess, uh, judging by the Facebook page. Uh, it's umpire-related. It's I'm not umpire-related. Really? No, it's uh, Dane Zorko-related. Oh. Yeah. Dane Zorko is a dirty flog and shouldn't be captain of any self-respecting football club. Are you talking about the bloke you just got 
kicked and pushed all the time by Jai Simkin. This week, held his own quite this well week, in that situation. He spat in the face of Jasper Pittard. Did he spat actually? In the Man, face. I, I didn't see that. No, I'll send you the video. Okay. I'll send you the video. He pinched Jai Simkin's leg and then got oh. deservedly kicked. Oh, right. And he was lucky he didn't get knocked out. And then also, his behaviour in the off-season was set a terrible example for people everywhere. He is a flog. Well, that part's true. But, like, Simkin <laughs> got a little pinch, did he? And he's had a big bitch it about it. It wasn't a little pinch. It was a... Uh, I don't know why I was miming it. It's, it's an audio <laughs> medium. It was not a little pinch. He is a... Fuck quit and shouldn't uh, be captain of any club. Banjo, having watched that game, and yep, I did, I did watch it. I, I thought that Simpkin looked like the bad guy. He was an angry little man. He was just pushing and shoving and trying to make a fight Bunch out of, of everything. Soft free kicks given by umpires. Uh, they don't know what they're doing. No, right. He's an angry little fellow. He was the one who was staring shit. Zorko's within the spirit Zorko's of the game. A captain Zorko, of his club. Well respected. Couldn't do anything, but uh, but stoop to those low levels. Uh, so, you, you, were you just so determined you weren't going to have a bitch about the umpires, you found whatever else you can have a bitch about? No, the bitch I was going to have about the umpires didn't make sense as a joke, so I had to leave it alone. <laughs> <laughs> nah, it just didn't quite nah, work. Now, Josh Sim- Simkin is the dog, mate, as is Ben Cunnington, as is Jack Zeeb. We've all got a bunch of dogs on your list. You just should not talk about anyone being a dog given the way you've uh, defended Bernie Vince over the years. Like, if no, you but he's that. cute. There's a difference. <laughs> he's cheeky, Banjo. He's just cheeky. He's not a I dog. I can't even respond to that, so we're going to move on. Essendon defeated Adelaide by 21 points. Essendon's form has been really good over the last seven weeks. They're six of seven. Yeah. It's really starting to stack up, and Adelaide, oh, I can we fire Pike just as a service to this football community? I'm just over him. <laughs> you're, gonna, you're just going to get another man sacked, eh? Well, Beveridge isn't going to get sacked, and neither is Leon Cameron after this week, so I need a new target. We have to say, with, with uh, Essendon and with the positive talk around Essendon, it's been a bit of a uh, death by a thousand cuts sort of thing. Up until now, all their performances, they've been like just sort of getting over the line in circumstances where maybe mm. they shouldn't have or against not particularly good teams. Not really sure about it. It's just kind of built and built and all of a sudden they're sitting in a reasonable part of the ladder. And then this was a really good win on a really big stage. Away, and it was 30 points down. It, it was a win which made you sort of turn and pay attention and then look back on what they have been doing. And you're like, oh. Actually, Essendon are in a good run of form. Yeah, so the last four wins have been against Adelaide, against North, heartbreakingly, mm-hmm. against Sydney, and then against GWS. So it's not they haven't beaten cellar dwellers in those four teams. Every one of those no. teams is at least okay. I suppose the difference, though, in the GWS game, it was a clear thing. Of, it looked like GWS were the better team, and they stole it yeah. at, at the line. Your game, they were lucky in a way. To be honest, yeah, I, know. I think we would have been lucky if we'd won it. Yeah, in more so. Than but but they, they haven't done it in super convincing fashion. Uh, but this is a really good win. It was a game which point turnaround. Yeah, it, it was a game like it was clear how the game was going to be played out in the. Adelaide just try to slow it down as much as possible. And early on, that seemed to work. It was a contested game, and Adelaide were looking just like a more powerful team. Yeah. The game was on their terms. Then as the game went on, it was their outside run of Essendon just got a hold of them, and Adelaide just Merit couldn't was stop it. Incredibly good. Uh, Shield looked really, really damaging too. They, the amount of goals they got on the burst on the run, it's the kind of stuff Essendon's built to do, and it just worked this week. Yeah, and all the like, all the talk has been about Sard and McKenna, people trying to say that they're all Australian fancies. I don't know if they're at that level, but when they play well, I think that is what Essendon want. I think won. their combined output probably, but they're two different yes. players. <laughs> yeah, but... 
Yeah, they when they are so important. When they play well, that is like the blueprint of Essendon. That's How the way that they're trying to play. McKenna's little chip to himself thing to dodge nice. it. That, like, I want an Irish player that I can root for. Just so to, I want to see that and be happy about it. I'd, if if he. I can't be happy about an Essendon player doing it, but it's such a joyful thing to watch in a football game. I'd like to see an Irish player do it regularly. I think we've seen a few who've done it once or twice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it'd be... I, th- I think Jimmy Steins did it a fair bit, but I would love to see one who just does it like it's just part of his trick You have to be doing bag. it in space. Like, because you can't really... I, think, I guess if you kick it to yourself and you get tackled while kicking to yourself, you can't be holding the ball because you kicked it. So it's not the worst. But like, is it classified as being a bounce? Is it kind of like no, that? because you kicked it. Yeah, yeah. I, I think the Irish view it as a form of a bounce, but I, I don't I, know. I get what they do, but we don't have yeah. it in the rules for it to be that. I guess so. Did yeah, he get yeah. an extra possession? I have absolutely no idea. That's something I would like to see. I'm surprised someone on Twitter hasn't told you the answer to that, Banjo. I should go. I should ask. <laughs> I would like to know that. So, uh, yeah, for Adelaide, though. Yeah, so how quickly are you asking for his sacking? Is it now? Is it give him another year? Okay, what are so you let's thinking? reflect on their last two years. Last year, absolute clusterfuck. They were still very talented, still should have been one of the best teams in competition, but there was terrible management, and yeah, they screwed it up with stuff that shouldn't have been screwed up. The yep. camp and all that, absolutely just gross mis, uh, misreading of the situation. Yeah, by yeah. Them. They, that... that I think speaks a little bit. I think that should be an actual mark against him. I don't think you can just wash uh, it off as a I, mistake. I do, the way it was talked about at the time, there was a lot of talk about Pike being somewhat responsible for yeah. it. I heard a lot of he's a a real hard bloke who is a bit strange and that he did get a lot of people offside in the way that he handled it personally. So, yeah, he does need to take some blame for that. Yeah, so I think it's definitely an actual mark against him. And then this year, he has just, sucked the life out of that football club their way they play going from being i think one of the best teams i've ever watched like aesthetically one of the most attractive brands of football in 2017 to what they are now it like actually disgusts me like i i'm being a bit hyperbolic here but come on i you cannot say just because their forward line is two years older that their entire system has broken down no there, there has to be an actual choice and i just i cannot fathom why you'd do it. Yeah, I've, I've said before, I don't think it's as forward line related as it potentially, as potentially some people have been saying. Yeah. I think most of it is midfield related in the sense that they're not moving the ball forward with yeah. the same pace and giving the amount of space to work in for the forwards. I, I think the forwards have been hamstrung in a lot of ways by the way that the team yeah. has been playing. Apparently, they were the oldest team on the weekend. That's another thing which is sort of growing a bit of interest. That's My will they drop off a cliff? I don't, um, a lot of the time I think the quoting the ages of lists or of teams that are fielded on the weekend, I do think a lot of the time it is misleading. I, yeah, well, when I look at a team. about to retire. Well, you look at what is the core of their team yeah. and how old is that. Which Adelaide, their forward line is old, old. Is very old. Betts, their Walker. midfield, they've still got a bit there with the Crouch brothers and then they've got like Millerer and Seedsman's not that old. They've got a little bit there. Sloan's still got a bit of time left. Yeah, he's I, 29, 30, something like that. I, I think it's, yeah, a lot of their age would be concentrated in their forward line, which isn't a good thing and they need to figure that out. But I, I think there's still a little bit there that I can't for a while. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with that. I just, kind of in a Goodwin spot 
where you look at it and go, nah, this isn't the year to get worried about it. But that's one. But if they're mediocre again, if they're in this spot again next year, uh, there'll be a bit of heat on him. But I don't think he gets. In this, if they're this again, it's just that's what they are. It's not really him viewed. It won't be looked as he's failed the list and it's collapsed under him. It'll be like they just dropped off because they got old. Because if they're the oldest list already. There's not going to be many retirements. Yeah, and then it'll be up to him to potentially rebuild and see how that goes. Yeah, but uh, let's move on. Richmond defeated Port by 38 <sighs> points. Uh, they're good again. They did look really <laughs> convincing, didn't they? Yeah. They're, just, they're just playing the Richmond way again, and it just it looks it's just so the so much of this the ball year. By hand again looks and confident, and they got away from that a little bit. But it's back. Are you like something which does scare me a little bit? There is just so many similarities between this year and 2017. I mean, what is the chances of them right right now? I'd say the likelihood is they're going to finish fourth with Geelong top, have a final at the MCG against Geelong for the first final. Exactly mm. what happened a couple of years ago, yeah. and then they played that Richmond way, which they're playing so well at the moment, and blew them away. And then there was a moment of, oh yeah, Richmond are really good. I'm terrified of it. It's and scary. We're gonna list our top five uh, flag fancies uh, and uh, I'll tell you how terrified I am of it then. Oh, God, yeah. I'm, they're up there for me as well. They're, their backline's still good. Like, Rance makes them better, but their backline is still good enough to yeah. cover him. Yeah. Asprey and Grimes are so good and it, they've been underrated, really. And they, I think I told, said last year or the year before that it's probably last year that their backline is, I think, the most talented backline we've ever seen. And I stand by that. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't see that. I think so much of their defensive setup, it's based on their structures. I think their structures are unbelievably good and they're so well drilled. I don't see, I say before, I don't see a lot of talent in Grimes and Asprey. It's a different type of talent. Yeah, I guess. It's not silky talent. No, but it's, it's not like they've got, yeah, McLeod running off the halfback yeah, line or anything. I would say Dylan Grimes is clearly a smart guy and a very coachable guy. That, that that's what I would say about him, and he's become yeah, but good he reads hard the work. ball so well. He's he's so good at covering multiple people. Like that is talent. I, I don't yeah. think that's just structure. I suppose it is a different. This type isn't of an argument worth having, though. Let's move on because I don't want to just pump up Richmond. It hurts me physically. And we're going to be doing that a bit later on this game. But mate, they're nearly just to say they're nearly fully fit. Like they, yeah. what, Apart from they've got Nank back next week, and he's in the VFL. And it's pretty much playing. Rance, and they're fully fit. Like, yeah. And uh, I, if Rance comes back. I'm going to be crying. <laughs> like, it would be a good story, though. It would be a good story. Power of God or something. Um, but let Port, they can't make finals, can they? No, I, I did a uh, ladder predictor yeah. the, the other night. I think it was last night I did it. Uh, they were the only team I had outside of the eight who were still touching on it. Like They, they weren't too far off. So it's possible. I yeah. don't expect them to make it. They still could. They're a game and a lot of percentage out. They're just they're just so hard to pick though, Port. Who, who knows what they're going to do? There, I remember there was. I seem to remember when I picked there was one game which I thought was potentially. I wasn't so sure. Got on GWS and I'm like, I just have a feeling they'll win that one. Essendon away. These are all like if they show up and play well, they could win. Sydney at home. Yeah. Like there's not a game north away. There's not a game they'll Fremantle at home. There's not a game they can't win. There's also yeah. not a game they will definitely win. Yeah, so we we can't fully lock it in yeah. or lock it out with Port Adelaide. They they they're, they're going to be in, they're, they're the one team who potentially could jump in there and be a bit of a who would be more of a headache to support this year, Port or the Dogs? 
Uh, I poured Adelaide because I reckon they would have had higher expectations going in. That's true. And the dogs had a flag. Yeah, that's true. They can just bank on that forever. So, yeah, Port. But those are definitely... Oh, oh they're not the two worst teams to support, but they're... They're two of the most frustrating. <laughs> yeah. Although, yeah. even then, you're uh, pretty we're, we're pretty damn frustrating <laughs> in different ways, but yes. Uh, let's move on, though. GWS defeated Collingwood by 47 points. I did not see this coming from GWS. I thought they were going to just sort of sputter into finals and get knocked out in the first or second week. Who's this say more about Collingwood or GWS? That's a really good question. My my first uh, go to thought when I saw it, well when I saw at quarter time that it was whatever eight goals to two or whatever it <laughs> my was. My first thought was go Jeremy Cameron. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but my yeah my first thought was what the hell Collingwood like that's yeah. where my mind went. I, I I just find it so hard to pick where they're at at the moment. We thought they had this big like momentum-creating win over West Coast, and then they come out and they get utterly flogged for a quarter. And then for the rest of the game, they were in the contest, and it was a lot of that. Well, remember last week we talked about the way that their forward line seemed to work with them bombing it into Mason Cox, then blocking for him. We thought, is that going to work in the long run? That's what a lot of their ball movement, what a lot of it was putting it on Mason Cox's head, did not work at all. And that's with no Phil Davis. What are they doing with Dugowie? He's playing a lot more midfield now. It's weird. Since when Stevenson went out, we all oh, thought yeah. Dugowie's going to become the man forward with a little bit of Hoskin Elliott in there, that, that sort of thing. He's spending more time in the midfield since that's happened. It's become as if they've decided, no, we want Mason Cox to be our only target now. I think it's more they're trying to... They need two Dugowies because their midfield is a little plain the way it's structured now. Adam's back gives them a bit more grunt, but they don't have any... Well, Trelaw's got burst, but he burns the ball so much that they, they're they just very one note through the uh, midfield. Side bottom's very similar to Pendlebury, who's pretty... Like, not in the way they move or anything, or visually or anything like that, but their output is very similar. And but, Beams was the same when he was there. But say you're Buckley. Well, what is worrying you more when you look at the list you have? You look at your midfield, you think, well, we can find a way around that. We can try to get a good balance there in which we can have some inside and some outside. And we get the midfield working. The forward line is the thing that they really need to get to work. And they had one of their best forwards out that should be the main thing you're trying to address. And it seems like they've just become more vanilla with it. I, I, yeah, I get that. But they've also... Their midfield's been like the fifth worst in the competition. Like, it's not just been mediocre. It's where been do you bad. get that from? Oh, I saw some stat there. I don't even know by what measure. But <laughs> I'm sticking with it. <laughs> their uh, midfield's been bad in like contested possession or something like I that. But I would back their midfield to be good enough if you give it enough. Like, you, you have to back in that midfield group and stress about the forward line. And the, clearly this week, they were just not getting the ball inside 50 well enough. And at the other end, GWS were just streaming forward and finishing everything off. Not a good look. And I, I don't know. I, I really do like Buckley as a coach and I'd back him to realize what he's doing and turn it around. But I don't think he's doing a very good job at the moment. There's something wrong there. Yeah. I, I just, I think they, they trying to solve the midfield problem. They've clearly made the decision that the midfield problem's the way to go. And I mm. kind of agree with you that it should be the forward line that you're trying to figure out. That, that's the thing that's worrying me the most. I think there's more avenues to fix their midfield that aren't Jordan Ngoi. But there's only yes. one way to fix your forward line. Yeah, yeah, I agree with For that. For GWS, does this put them back in 
your frame of mind as someone that can win the flag? No, no, I wouldn't say that. I just I just think they just have not had a good run at it this year with injuries. They've never had a good run at it. No, I agree. I agree. It staggers me. But I just I just can't see it gluing and really getting going. I just I just can't see that happening from here. And I think there are a lot of teams who I'd have ahead of them. Uh Leon Cameron Hayter. Mm. being you. Uh, I hear that it was the greatest coaching performance of all time, is what I've heard from one <laughs> David King. Uh, what, what do you say in response to I'm that? Gonna throw out, uh, I'm going to throw out Terry Wallace be taking the last place team to beat Adelaide by playing keepings off. Okay, um, gonna, but was this still a good coaching performance, Banjo? I may or may not be avoiding the question. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm not going to lie. I was moving house and didn't see a scary cupboard, so I can't really... Um, I don't know what happened. Um, yeah, like... I assume it's a good coaching job. <laughs> from what Given I've the outs was, they had, it's a very good performance. It was very clean ball movement and a very deep forward line, a tall forward line that was playing very deep. No and Kelly, no Cornelio, no Phil Davis. Their injury list was not good. It's, it's hard yeah. reading. And they still beat a team that... They're still in the top four, even though they've been performing poorly. Yeah, but, but they're a team whose forward line worked well. Like, worked very, very well. You have sort of Jeremy Cameron eating up at it, sometimes working back at it. It's almost like fin- they shouldn't have dropped Finlayson, my boy. <laughs> Finlayson and him will be like, they're, just, they're such good conduits to him. They're, what, they're so good at being that about second, those third. Guys? Yeah, they're so flexible. They can take an overhead mark, but they're also really good on the ground. They're, they're very well-rounded players, so they don't lock you into one style and of good, play. Good, like, kick, like, good kicks in the sense that they can set, yeah, set a lot of play they're, up they're as really well. They're really good field kicks. And yeah. like Finlayson's role last year was to be a distributor of halfback. And now he's playing forward yeah, and he, he can was, be more creative. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. So that's a forward line which is working really well, and they're just, they're, they're, they were just so clinical. That, that was the thing which really stood out with them. Yeah, well, anyway, let's move on. Get to the top five. And as I think we teased a little bit earlier, it's the top five premiership fancies Bit of a boring of one, isn't it, Banjo? I just wanted a conversation on who the best five teams in the competition are. You brought are. this to the table. I'm like, geez, that's the most boring thing you could possibly think of. But all right, it's easy we, to we do. We say so a lot of words, but we don't actually talk anything that's really poignant on this podcast yeah, a lot okay, of the time. We okay. say a lot of platitudes for teams without saying where we hit them against each other. So I thought it'd be a good chance for us to just have a conversation about where everyone ranks. Uh, who's your fifth best team? Yeah, so so it's uh, if one to five who I would expect to win the premiership. The, yeah. Like my fifth favourite for the premiership, I guess, would be Brisbane for me. I have them at fifth, which I think is quite high without being as high as you are. I know yeah. you're a little bit hotter I'm on them. A little them. bit higher, uh, I just, which hurts me this week. I, just, I still think we've seen one team with the sort of inexperience that Brisbane have who have been able to do it, being the Bulldogs, which was a complete freak out of the box thing. I'm really, really impressed Even with Brisbane. Even the Dogs had a final series the year before. Yeah, yeah, I'm really impressed with Brisbane. I think in the long term they're going to be really good, and I think they can probably make a prelim. I think they'd get there, and that'd yeah. be a great, great year. And I'd oh, be absolutely. so excited to see where they're going to go from there. I hope they win it. I would absolutely love them to win it, but uh, yeah, I just don't think they have the experience there at the moment. Yeah, they give them another year or two. I, I agree with that, but if you were looking at form, if you took all the experience factors out of it, yeah, I almost would suggest they'd be favourites around that mark. Yeah, yeah. He'd... And I think you do have to knock them down a little bit because yeah. there is the experience there. It's not a it's not a fake thing we're throwing out, but I, I, I think I'm weighing it a bit less than you are. 
Yeah, form in home and away is one thing, and it's a very important thing, and it's a great yeah. sign for how good a team they are. But at finals footy is different, and I just, I suppose it's just not as safe as the other teams, which yeah, I'll say. That I, I'd, I'd, yeah, I'd, I trust other teams more. My five is GWS. They've okay, just got, you scraped them in there. Yeah, they've just got so much talent. That I can see them clicking. Like it, it's, I don't trust them or anything, and they are fifth. So it's just the amount of worlds I can see of people winning flags. It's not a hard one to envision how GWS win the flag. Yeah, they have just look. There's a couple of things. Firstly, there's the injury issues, but. On top of that, they've also we've seen them in the past fall down in finals. Like I just, I just have this vision in my head of what it was for them and how impossible it was for them against Richmond on in a prelim yeah. in front of a hundred thousand at the G. And I think like the likelihood is they're going to have to do that two or three times. They probably won't make top four. They'll have to do that at least a couple of times against a Melbourne team at the G. If they, Real tough. If they squeak into fourth and have to play Geelong, that's not going to be as intimidating as a Richmond no. crowd. And that takes a little bit of the sting out of it. And they've proven they can play Geelong, even at Cadinia Park. Yeah, but even there, they'll probably at some point, they'll have to beat Richmond or Collingwood or someone like that at the G. Hey, you feel like. Listen to my top five, it might not be a Collingwood yeah, in the future. I don't know. There's a lot, there's a lot of obstacles there. For Who's me. your four? My four is Geelong at four. My <laughs> oh, bit lower. So is mine. <laughs> oh, really? I thought you'd be a little bit higher. You have been hotter on Geelong, but I you have know, been a lot hotter. You're coming around. You're coming to my side they've of lost things. Three little... or four. I'm worried they've spent their tickets and they've been yeah. found out a little bit tactically. <laughs> so is that exactly what I said would happen at the start no, of the it's year? No, it's not. Manager? It's not at all. Pretty much. It is absolutely. Pretty much. I said that they peaked too early. Yeah, no, no, you, no. You were talking about form and things like that. I think there's a tactical thing that's gone on. Teams are pressing higher and putting more frontal pressure and changing all the way what, way they can do things. And yeah, I'm worried about them to be honest. I would be, I'd be hoping as a cat supporter that it's just a sort of blip on the radar, heavy training loads, preparing yourself for finals, that kind of thing. But it's not like they've been losing to juggernauts. They haven't been losing to, you know. West Coast by a kick or anything like that. They haven't been particularly good losses. Well, I would say in terms of what I said earlier in the year, Banjo, I would say that so this week we saw Hawthorne, a very good defensive outfit. Geelong really struggled to get through them. I would say that is reflective of what I was talking about at the start of the year and that everything was so clean and so simple for them. When teams are defending well enough, they're not as good at getting a scrap and managing to find goals out of sort of chaos ball. It has to be a bit too clean and a bit too perfect for them, and I haven't seen them get those ugly wins. I need to see a few more ugly wins from them before I'm entirely convinced on Geelong. But so they're both of our number four, Banjo. Yes. Three, I've gone with Collingwood at three. So I've been very hot on them being number one all year. Mm. Knocked them down a little bit. I'm certainly not writing them off. I am. You're writing them off completely, are you? I don't have them in my phone. Ah, oh, turn it up. You don't have them at all in your phone. Yeah, I don't have them in my phone. Explain. I think they're cooked. <laughs> oh, yeah, good explanation. <laughs> like, so their midfield, it looks really good. Oh, it is really good. Is it? Yes, it is. It, it's not performing that well at the moment, but yes, it they is They have fantastic midfield. service from Brody Grundy. And they still don't win clearances. Yes, they're out of form. Yes, they, 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 it's a year-long thing. They weren't even when they were playing well. This wasn't a good thing. Their forward line has broken down. And yes, it Stevenson will come back, but will that be enough that late in the season to be able to rekindle it? I don't really believe so. There's every chance they drop out of the top four. 
I think they're the most likely out of West Coast, Geelong and Brisbane to yep. drop out of the top four. I'd and probably if, agree with that, yeah. And I think Richmond's coming with a bullet and more likely to finish top four than Collingwood are. They're yeah. percentage out and they play this way. I think in my ladder prediction, I actually did have them fifth. But I, I still think that if Collingwood play their best, I'm more confident about them than any other team. I, I, I would just... I, I so just Collingwood's best, you think, is better than Richmond's best? I mean... I still think Geelong's best is better than Collingwood's best. No. I, yeah, no. I would say, yeah, Collingwood's best I probably would have. And they don't one. know yeah. how to beat West the, the, Coast. Collingwood in the prelim last year is some of the best footy we've ever seen. Yeah, but I think that was an abnormality more than anything else. Arguably. Arguably. But uh, look, I would say I, I back in their midfield to come good at some point. My concern is forward line related and that's old. the real worry for me. If they can get their forward line working, it's possible that it clicks for them, but... And they've they've had a really interrupted year as forwards, well. How many of their forwards are just a shadow of what they were last year? Josh Thomas gone absolutely missing. Will Hoskin Elliott since he's come back has only been meh. Mason Cox, we already knew he was rubbish anyway, and he's just proven that more. Well, they, early on in the year, Dugowie and Stevenson were the two that were starring, and now Stevenson's out, and Dugowie's being played out of position. So, yeah. I just like Jack Crisp might be their third best forward. Not Jack Crisp. He's a Callum Brown. Yeah. I was going to say. Scrolled it past his yeah, name. Yeah, he can't kick for goal, that bloke. But anyway. I really like Joe. Callum Brown. He, they were my three. So who do you have a three then? Brisbane. Uh, you don't think they're more chance of Collingwood to win? I absolutely really? do. Do you not? No, oh, I obviously. don't. Clearly not. They're out of it five. <laughs> no, they're definitely a bigger chance in Collingwood. Their form is so much better than Collingwood's. And I don't think you can just write off form and be like, ah, they'll get it right. The ship doesn't generally t- tip itself back over. Like well, Once it's capsized, which I think it is, it stays capsized. Well, Richmond have turned it around now. Yeah, but they had injuries. There's one player missing for Collingwood. No, there's not. They've had quite a few injuries. Beams They've had a come very back. interrupted year. Man, who's coming back? I don't know. I don't know, Banjo. Beams, but- I really doubt will come back. Dunn's gone. Howe is back. Like, Langdon? No. Yes, but like they just had Adams and Howe back this week. Like, it's been interrupted. Do you think, do you think Moore will come back? I hope so. It, it, like, you would have to say he should. It was only meant to be a minor hamstring, but... I'll tell you what. If Daniel Wells <sighs> come, comes back, maybe. But other than that, no chance. Banjo, my number two is Richmond at Two didn't put them in at one. Do you have them at one? Yeah, I got West Coast too. Yeah, Jesus. I hate myself, but I've got them at one. Nah, I'm just I'm a bit more sure on West Coast. I, I I'm pretty confident West Coast will finish top two. If they finish top yeah, two, they'll be in the grand final. Them, yeah. So I just think I can just bank on a West Coast. So that they're, they're the real safe, clear option. Where Richmond are the. There's still a little bit to see. They've been great the last few weeks, yes, but they haven't done it against great opposition yet. Yeah. They're going to have a real easy run into finals, which may be a real good thing for them to they get their Brisbane confidence up. Round 23, which will be a really good match. Okay, but I feel like it could also be a bit of a shock when they hit finals and goes up to another level against quality opposition, and they're not quite ready for it. They've but got you in the run home. Exactly, that'll get their confidence up and Just about. Just a little gag about how rubbish yes. you are. Yes, all right. Uh, so there, I just have a bit more doubt about Richmond, but their best is obviously they've got West Coast material. and Brisbane as their last two games. I don't think I don't think it'll be a shock finals. Okay, all but right. anyway, 
the reason I've got rich. Oh, well, let's talk about West Coast then, I guess. Every time West Coast, I think I'm 100% convincing you you're you're the best team in the competition. They have a slightly underwhelming performance. Yeah, there has been a like, bit of they, that. They haven't put a block of consistently excellent football together all year, I don't think. Every time they get two wins that are really good in a row, there's a bad performance. And it yeah. might they're, they're so good that it might be a 10-point win against a... Like an average opposition. Melbourne. <laughs> yeah, but that doesn't fill me with great amounts of confidence because if someone's hitting their straps right at the right time at the end of the season and really going, like I think Richmond might be, which sucks. Uh, you can't say that yet about Richmond. They need a couple more weeks know, before you can I say just, that's a consistently excellent run. They no, haven't I, done no, that I know yet. that, but it's just terrifying. And Richmond have done it before, so I'm giving them a bit of credit you, there that they might not deserve, but... I don't West know. Coast have done it before too, last year. Yeah, I was not saying that I was... Yeah, don't worry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> nah, you're getting I'm a just, bit carried away, man. You're getting I'm a bit carried away. I'm worried. I got Richmond and yeah, I guess you've got West Coast. So let's move on, I guess. Yep. Uh, uh, Brisbane defeated North by 12 points. <laughs> uh, and then Hawthorne defeated Geelong by 24 points. No, good, no. Good Brisbane defeated North by 12 points, Banjo, yeah. despite the horrendous decision that went... Uh, to Ben Brown to put you in front with a few minutes left. They still managed to get over the line. <laughs> that was the main story which came out of it, wasn't it? That decision? So that free kick is a bad rule, but it is a free kick. No, I disagree. I, I thought that was a terrible decision. That they gets paid every week. No, it doesn't. That, that was why there was such a big deal made out of it happening with Max last the week. It was like, was, what? Where did this come from? The reason it was made as a big deal last week is because Max was really funny the way he talked about it. Yeah, because players. he was shocked by it because it doesn't yeah, normally get paid. It, no, it gets paid. I bloody hate this. It's the fact that someone who doesn't know how to ruck puts himself in a vulnerable position and then a ruckman just stands his ground. I agree. It's a bad rule, but it is a rule. No, you biased piece of crap, Banjo. And the one that cost us the game was just a bad, bad decision. That was also an incorrect decision. I didn't think it was as egregious as the Ben Brown. And to be honest, that doesn't get me as annoyed as the entire third quarter does. That umpiring of that third uh, quarter was terrible. Do you realise that Brisbane kicked 12 goals 15 to yours 12 goals 3? Yeah, it's not my fault they can't kick. They, they deserve to win the game, Brisbane. And four of, those, were, four of those were rushed, so settle down. Banjo, they were the better team. Admit that. They deserve to win the game, I'll Brisbane. admit nothing. You easily could have won it, and that would have been really, really impressive from a team against a good team away from home to be able to get up and get that performance. But you... Brisbane were the better team we and deserved to win it. We were incredibly stiff. We were robbed. And there's just no two ways around it. Anybody, any, anybody that it. says otherwise is a chump and a fool. And uh, I think that's all we have to say on the matter. 67 inside 50 is a 43. They were, they were yeah, the we, better we, team. We played a rebounding game of football. So can I ask, do you have been a big uh, Jared Lyons fan for your... Uh, your footballing, yeah, that for quite a long time you've been a big Jared Lyons fan. Yeah. Do you hate him now after he tore you a new one? No, but <laughs> one more time and he'll be off the good books. <laughs> he was really good. He was unbelievably good, wasn't he? He was just everywhere. He kicked two goals, 30 touchdowns. Oh. Yeah, and he cropped up at all the important moments as well. There was a, Every time I was like, oh, it's Lyons again, kicks another huge goal or... Yeah, I hated it. Yeah, I'm at least like, Higgins was back. But that's the most impressive thing about Brisbane at the moment. And the thing which is convincing me more and more is the fact that there is an even spread. And when one person isn't playing that well, other players are stepping up. There's a lot in 
in their midfield who can perform on their day. And it always seems like one or two are cropping up and putting in that performance. And that's allowing them to get wins where it's difficult or they're against yeah. an opposition who makes you earn it like North have been doing the last few so weeks. So their best three midfielders... Well, well, Zorko and Neil are their best two, and that's a really good combination as mm-hmm. your best two midfielders. And then the third best is anyone of Lyons, McCluggage, who, God, I love. Yeah, he'd probably be higher. Barry's sort of playing forward a fair bit at the moment. Yeah, but he's he's a there's, there's so there. many options through there. Uh, they are fantastic. Even McCarthy's played pushed up a little bit higher occasionally, and he looks good doing it. They, their midfield works really well together. It's got so much variety. Every single yeah. one of them's a different player and their half back line is so clean these days rich is having a fantastic year hodge yeah. has kept going I, you so have to, well you have to say with rich why was he not put in this role earlier like it just seems now he's there I, it just seems like a no-brainer i think they would have liked to have him there but their team wasn't good enough yeah, to maybe. allow him to play i think that. he's a cream player and they haven't been a good enough team to have that role be effective like mm. I, I don't think he's He's having a better year, but I'm not sure he's a magically better player this year. I think a lot of it is as the team's lifted around him, he's lifted as well. Oh, he's fair. Like, Rich has been a player his whole career where whenever the ball's in his hands, you think he's amazing, but he's not as good at finding the ball as a lot of other players. Yeah. But now he's in a half-back role where it is easier to find and possession. He and he can use his ball, weapons. There's a lot more control back there. Like Harris Andrews, the way he can dictate a back line, allows Rich to play a lot more creatively yep. and yeah it's just hodge doing a lot god of i was impressed with hodge this he week i really thought he was his kicking was crazy and he, he was another player he just lifted at all the big he moments one and, kick where he picked it off it was like a 45 yeah. degree kick out onto the wing and it just yeah there was one unbelievable kick. it was it, it was something which is like that's a terrible decision like you should not have gone for that kick but you hit it so perfectly yeah. that the only <laughs> kick there was the only kick that day that was better was when Ben Cunnington kicked it 60 Shut metres up. backwards. That Shut was a up, hilarious man. kick. But anyway, Ben, just from, so that's the thing which is allowing... It's got Bri- Thompson on the chest. Shut up. That's, what, that's what's allowing Brisbane away. to be consistent at the moment is the fact that they do have those, enough midfielders who can step up on their day. And uh, really good to watch them. I, I've been wanting to watch a Brisbane game and really enjoyed watching that. Oh, you want to watch football, your heartbreak. Do you? Yeah, I did. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And uh, I Hawthorne it. defeated Geelong by 24 <laughs> points. Uh, as we said, Geelong are in a bit of trouble. Should we say something positive about uh, Hawthorne for once? Or yeah, are we just going to ignore them? We should probably... You said we'll talk about them when they do something interesting. I think beating the team on the top of the ladder can classify as being interesting. Mm. So we should probably give them just a still little bit... A small amount of lip service. Uh, well, it was a Clarkson performance, wasn't it? It was their their defensive systems were just so good and Geelong just could not find a way through it. If they had an average coach, where would they be on the ladder? Uh, around where Melbourne is, probably. <laughs> their list is not great. We know that. But, uh, yeah, and they've uh, got uh, the Chad back in the middle, which uh, made a bit of a difference as well. He's been really struggling to find the ball forward. He's just been getting completely lost and just gave him a chance to free him up a yeah, little bit. Yeah, 21 touches. I think, to be honest, that's his best role. You should be using him in the midfield. Well, I don't... Uh, he's one of those players who should be used burst forward, burst midfield. Like he's, he... You need to be better than Hawthorne are to have him produce what you'd want from him as a forward, I think. That's fair. That's a fair point. Uh, I don't the ball's think... not being moved in with enough speed for him to really or find Or enough at all, really. Like they, yeah. they, they, they don't have enough control of territory and stuff like that to just really utilise him at his best. He could easily be back to what he was as a young kid, kick 45 goals in a year. But 
while you don't have the tools to really utilize him at his full potential, just put him in the midfield and let him go to work. Their midfield's so shallow anyway. It's not like they've That's got true. other people holding him out. And yeah, they don't have very exciting players in their midfield. So an X-Factor player like Wingard exactly. does make a difference. Uh, they still haven't scored 100 points this year, so that, that's nice. <laughs> that is quite good. Uh, not entirely surprising with the way that they've been playing. A very boring team, but uh, they managed to bore Geelong out of it is pretty much what they managed to do. How worried are you about Geelong? I've said a little bit about how worried I am, but what do you think? Oh, well, it's kind of just what I predicted early on in the year, so my position is pretty much that, the same. Say something that's poignant <laughs> and to the point, please. I am... <sighs> I, I'm a bit worried about Geelong. Yeah, I, I look as I said earlier in the year. I don't think they're at quite at the level of the absolute top, and they were playing. I, I believe that they were playing such a yeah a, a perfect clinical style, and that every time they went inside fifty, they managed to score. I'm a little bit worried once teams are starting to figure them out and starting to make more of a scrap of games, whether they have that ability to scrap it out. That's the thing that's worrying me, and the thing which adds to that is finals footy is all about a scrap. That, that is what finals footy is. And I don't, I haven't yet seen from them that they're capable of winning those sorts of games. So when they beat Collingwood in round one. But anyway. And again, they and they also have a history of blowing. That's the true. last few years, they have really cooked it in finals. They've had great home and away seasons and they've blown it in finals. The so thing that's I will going say to be interesting. Geelong favorites, I'm not sure anybody's the cream of the crop. Like I don't think yeah, that's true. I don't think this is a year where we're gonna walk away and go, that premiership was an all time great side. I yeah. don't think there's there's not the dominant teams going around which I think gives Geelong breathing space to get themselves back together and they don't have to be as good as they were early in the year to win the flag. I I don't think they have to be at that level because that was a really good level of football. But if they can be if they it really good wasn't big enough, didn't leave me enough linguistic room to talk about how. I, spo- I, I suppose the thing. This is good. They'll probably finish. They'll probably finish first. Like we're pretty confident oh, they'll finish first. So that that's a great time. But the thing which is really scary about it for them is the likelihood is they'll be playing either Richmond or Collingwood, which means they'll be at the MCG. So it won't really be a home game against an opposition who are good and have a big crowd behind them. And that's when it'll turn. Now, that'll be the big game of the final series for me. Whoever Geelong play in that final, the winner of that, I would say, will probably go on and win it. <laughs> but West Coast is your most likely to win the final. <laughs> no, because they're the safest <laughs> option, Banjo. They're the safest uh, option. Yeah, no, I pretty much agree with you there. I can't wait for finals, really. That, that week's going to be so good. If that game is in... Geelong. I'm going to be so annoyed. It won't be. There's no way it will be. You heard Gillen last week. He's, That's good. He's adamant it'll be at the G. Anyway, let's move on. St. Kilda defeated the Dogs by 27 points, continuing the uh, good run that caretaker coaches have had with Brett Radden and uh, continuing the Dogs run of not being able to beat anyone who's shit. <laughs> Does this uh, make you a little bit nervous about your excitement around... Uh, you, you suspect you're going to have Reese Shaw long-term. Does this make you think the fact that there's been three caretakers coaches all have worked out does it make you worry a little bit that it's just the caretaker effect and not actually no, reshore related it doesn't because <laughs> as i said there's a lot more than just freeing players up that's gone on in north melbourne to change the way we play and i'm quite happy with the decisions made and i like the direction of the club with him at the helm but this is a fantastic win for um, st gilda and like, Ratton's a good coach. Like, he was pretty unjustly fired in the first place. Agreed. The football world is 
pretty much written that his- down in the history book as yep. a bad decision. And St. Kilda, they're not so bad that if they're well coached, they're not going to beat anyone. Like, And he's put together a good game plan. It was effective against the Dogs, and the Dogs have a history of blowing things. And this year, anyway. They they did play with a lot of spark and a lot of energy, yeah. which is always sort of comes about with that and sort of refreshment. And my new boy, Hunter Clark, went nuts. It was great. It was fun. So I so I initially tipped St. Kilda as this thing of the, the caretaker thing. And then I, the more I thought about it, I thought, I don't think St. Kilda's effort has been that bad. So what sort of a bounce are they going to get out of it? But then when you actually sit and watch the game, you're like, oh, yeah, no, there is a fair bit more effort you can draw out of a but game. I don't think they necessarily won entirely because of effort. I think he did give them a lot of a lot more license to change the way they moved the ball. It was sort of it was back to a lot closer to the St Kilda in those twelve and ten seasons where they would move the ball really really quickly, mm. and when they used to burn Melbourne all the time, just <laughs> still like, did this year though. Mate. <laughs> <laughs> That's true, and just have an ability to really really push the ball forward at speed that allowed them to. Yeah, use their smalls pace and get the ball out the back. And they were really effective doing it. And they scored 116 points, which is just a good score. Like, I think it was a lot of it changing the way they played. Yeah, when St Kilda are playing well at the Marv, they get some seriously quick ball and they get a lot of easy goals out the back. And that's the real sign of the, the, the St Kilda we've seen over the last few years, the way they've been playing. And to be honest, I feel like they've been trying to play that this year as well. And maybe this is just, they executed it a bit better this time. Maybe. I do think it was a, I think it's a big tick for Ratton though. The immediate turnaround. I'll be interested to see. I'll be interested to see how it goes forward, but I'd be very happy with that Yeah, well, we haven't seen enough time to judge how much of it's coaching related now. Much of it was a bit of a bounce, but uh, they're they're a very injured team. So any win for them is is a good effort. Jack Steven might be back. Either this week or next week. Uh-huh. Exciting. Well, how's Hanbury going? Um, still injured. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> Again injured. That guy's dead. Three weeks. He's with absolutely awareness. cooked. That bloke. Who cares? Averaging ninety. <laughs> Come back, please. Anyway, let's move on. You got anything more to say? Uh, no, I don't. Oh, about well, that let's game, move on to Poochie's mailbag. Uh, we've, yeah, we've got a few questions, none by the Crowleys. First one is for you, Banjo. Uh, should Scott Thompson retire for losing a game for his side this week with giving away that atrocious free kick that, you know, was pretty disgraceful? So, a couple of things. By him. Even if this was normal <laughs> circumstances, no. That was a bullshit free kick. Everybody knows that. The AFL acknowledged the fact that it was a wrong decision. They didn't do that for any other decision this week. Just that decision. And the second part is that he was playing with a ruptured testicle. That's really putting your balls on the line for the football <laughs> club. You cannot do anything but respect the great man for his commitment to the football club. If I had a ruptured testicle, I don't think I'd move for like five weeks out of a hospital bed. <laughs> but that makes me so feel so vulnerable as a man. You do know a, a bit about injuries to that area, don't you, Banjo? Oh, you're a dick. <laughs> <laughs> I had to say it. I had to say it. But no, fair enough, I guess, Banjo. Well, can I just quickly ask as an aside... How, what, what is your response to the... Uh, do you like the fact that, as a North Melbourne supporter, that the AFL admitted it was a mistake? I feel very little either way on this, to be honest. Okay. It doesn't make me feel better about the decision. It doesn't make me feel like the AFL's done something great in an administrative mm. sense. It's I, not bad, but I don't really... 
I like the fact feel they, like it's a genius. Move. I like the fact they did it, but you can't do it too much because you can't have a thing of coming out all the time being like, "This was wrong. This was wrong. This was wrong." It's going to be a yeah, terrible. So look. the NBA, it has to be for like the absolute like game changing bad decisions. The NBA does. It's either a last two minute or last five minute report every single game. So eighty two games per side. So there's heaps of those, and there's always five decisions wrong in each last period, and it's just like, what's the point of telling people that? Yeah, it just makes no, you have yeah, no faith in the referee. Yeah, exactly. You can't go into that. So it has to be just like, yeah, these clear, like, they absolutely turn the game bad decisions. Yeah. Do it for that, and I like that. But you have to be it has, It honestly it. has to be once, twice, maybe three times a season. It cannot be often. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I don't feel particularly strongly either way on it. Uh, this one's for you. Uh, how can the Gold Coats ask for a priority pick when they gave away superstar Jared Lyons for free? Yeah, oh, Gold it's Coast. hurt you when they get... They do that. And they could have been better, but instead they're going to get picks one and two, depriving you of one of the. Did best you have picks. to twist it back just to troll Melbourne again, mate? Yeah, it's I completely really did. irrelevant. I to really the did. I oh, like your football club, <sighs> mate. I mean, honestly, if I could have a beer with like, if, if I could ask one question of based like any coach in the AFL, I would want to sit down with Stewie Jew, have a beer, and say, "What the hell happened with Jared Lyons?" I think it's absolutely fascinating. Not with Mark Neal and just ask what he was trying to do. No, because I don't think I'd get much of an answer out of it. I don't think you'd have any idea. But uh, it's it, that was the way he was treated at Gold Coast is one of the stranger things I've seen. He was, he appeared to be one of their best players, and he didn't appear to be a lazy or lack of defensive player. He's a hard at it player. He tackles a bit. He seemed to be one of those players who does the team thing and is is a real hard worker. I think he had like the third highest contested possession rate in the league. As in, when there's a contested possession, or be one, he won it. Yeah, at the third like, highest rate. Like what could it? It must have been. Either something off field or something like he just absolutely refused to do something he was told to do by Stewie Jew. But again, he doesn't seem like that sort of character who would be like that. So I would be absolutely fascinated to hear what happened at the Gold Coast with Jared Lyons. But I mean, I'm happy to sit back here and say that that was completely ridiculous by them and an absolute disaster of a decision. Banjo. Agree wholeheartedly. Keeping the, the ball rolling. Should North Melbourne have done the sportsman-like thing and refused to accept the disgraceful umpiring decision awarded to Ben Brown against the Big O in the last quarter? The footy equivalent of walking in cricket is what this has been labelled as. It's just a dumb question. Like, <laughs> honestly, I'm not going to have this the time. Oh, it was, it was a, right a shocking decision. decision. It was the right decision by the umpire, quite it was, clearly. It's it a was rule. a shocking it's a decision, It's a bad rule, but Banjo. it's a rule. Oh, it's a bad it. rule, but it's a rule. And the umpire did his job, paid the free kick, and honestly, they got the armchair right. The only reason they won was because of the umpiring, so shove it off. That's oh, the end of well, the podcast. Banjo, no, it's not. No, no, your season's over, so that's all that matters. Yeah. But look, Banjo... Here we come, pick five, Lockie Ash. That's who I want. Nah, Melbourne's getting in. <laughs> Banjo, final question off battle situations with unexpected handicaps. Bear from Bear in the Big Blue House. Did you ever watch that? I yeah, I did, actually. Yeah, I, I never did. I, I never did. Was that around Something when we were young? The, I think so. Something yeah. to do with the moon. Yeah, I don't know. But anyway, Maybe I saw clips. I don't Bear know. from Bear in the Big Blue House. But he doesn't live in a Big Blue House. Yes. Versus Baloo the Bear from The Jungle Book. I have watched The Jungle Book. But he does live in a Big Blue House. <laughs> <laughs> One of our better ones, Banjo. <laughs> We're so scraping the barrel here. I don't know enough about bears. <laughs> yeah, so Baloo, he was he he was big, but he wasn't he wasn't a real fighter. Baloo, he was a friendly sort of bear. 
But so is Blue. Yeah, well, I don't know Blue. I've he's never met Blue. He's very friendly. He's a singing sort of bear. Is, so is he more friendly than Blue? Are they both called Blue or is it Baloo? No, it's Blue versus Baloo. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. So Baloo is from the Jungle Book. Yeah. The question is, is the softness of Blue... Did that come about through his time growing up in a blue house? And would that have an effect on Baloo if he lived in that blue house? <laughs> How relevant is the house to their personalities is what I'm asking. Yeah, no, don't think it's got I've anything never to seen, do with it. I've never seen you so blind. I, just, I don't that. have an answer to this other than it's two bears fighting. What species of bear is the other bear, Baloo? I don't know. What color is he? Brown, isn't he? I don't know. I'm pretty That's sure he's brown. Then he's a brown bear. It's not that hard. Yeah, all right. Or he could be a grizzly. Brown bears are bigger than Where grizzlies. Where blue is blue, which isn't an actual thing. No, he's a brown bear. Oh, is he? He's not blue. Is he colored blue? Oh, he's kind of reddish. Oh. You know when you guys see a guy, you see a guy with red, uh, brown hair, but it's kind of reddish? That's what he looks like. Banjo, can you please just give your answer so we can end this disaster of a segment? I'm back in the one that lives in the wild. He's still got a hunt to eat yeah. him. Nah, Blue. I reckon... Blue's gotten soft. Look, I don't know Blue, but I do know Baloo a little bit. And I know you just told me Blue sings, so I just I just don't think he would be the sort of fighting Yeah, character. I'm going the one that still lives in the wild. Yeah, yeah, we're going with Baloo. Yeah. I was so confused about who you were talking I'm about. I'm still so confused, Banjo. I have no idea anyway, what's going thanks on. thanks for listening to this podcast. <laughs> it's been a trying end to it, but uh, see you next week.